In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. Many you What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all the basketball. I am Taylor Call, but more importantly, I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, DJ Johnson. What's up to the people? What's going on? What up? Quick reminder to follow us on social media at the Dagger Podcast interact with us keep ever up to date with everything we got going on today home stretch boys playoffs coming up let's go i am hyped the eastern conference is an absolute mess in the best way possible up for grabs great basketball all around we gotta talk about the heat a little bit of infighting maybe losing four straight is heat culture still there talk mm. about that today once again we got to talk about the ncaa tournament some heat. So we'll be giving our full Sweet 16 Elite Eight recap today. We got to talk about all of the teams. Gonzaga, Arizona. You know, we got to talk about the Darling St. Peter's. We talk about everything from the tournament. Then our final four preview. Who do we, out of these four, who do we like? Who's taking it home? Talk about all that today. Plus throw in our five games of the week. But first, I mean, do I even have to say it at this point? It's award season. I don't know if you heard there were some awards last night. But even bigger and more important than the Academy Awards, we have awards to give out. Hooper of the Week, Good Hustle Award. Dion, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right, y'all. As we all know from what happened last night, the Oscars. And my Hooper of the Week this week is Chris fucking Rock. He handled that shit like a champion. He just got that. He just took. He just ate that slap and just kept going. He was shook, but he just kept going. His professionalism is unmatched. To get bitch slapped in front of the whole world, <laughs> and to just keep going, like it, it takes some serious character. Like it's it's amazing, <laughs> which is something that we cannot say about his counterpart, Will Smith. That was childish and disrespectful. Uh, especially after he laughed at the joke. I don't get that part. Like, it's so confusing to me. He laughed at the joke. And then he was like, nah. He saw Jada's face. And he was like, slapped him in the face. <laughs> and then it, the, the thing that gets me is that when he talked in his speech after he won the best actor, he was talking about love and peace, being a vessel from God. What the fuck are you talking about? You just bitch slapped somebody on worldwide television. This is so stupid. It just shows right. how, how great 
Chris Rock handled that in what a great way he handled that whole thing. Or I'll be honest, I, I thought it was fake. Oh, same. Like, no, no shot. These guys will do anything to get those ratings up. But then I saw the like official like broadcast of it. I'm like, this shit is wild. And and uh, Will Smith uh, publicly apologized today on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I mean, say what you want about Chris Rock. Maybe the joke was not great, um, but say what you want. My man is good under pressure. <laughs> oh, Liz. <laughs> my man just kept on plugging he's like what just happened uh anyway <laughs> the, the, great, to the greatest show. nice in, sh- in show business <laughs> i mean we go to law school that is actually battery yeah my man straight up, was subjected straight up. to a felony and just kept on going <laughs> <laughs> Bro, i like i checked my jaw after i saw yeah. it. <laughs> like the wheel reached through my screen i felt <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the reason it looked so fake is he actually like wound up so much yeah. and like and the microphone picked up the thud yeah. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. i was like oh shit <laughs> like, chris rock didn't brace or anything because he thought he was coming up there to, i don't know dap him up or something yeah he leaned forward with his hands behind his back like you got something to say and oh my god what did the five fingers say to the face save <laughs> 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 Chappelle style i mean yeah, well, well deserved. I mean, half of these fake tough guys in the NBA don't go as far as Will Smith. So, like, yeah. yeah. The thing that gets me is that he didn't do anything to August Alcina, but he's right. just going to slap the dude because of a joke a comedian said. Yeah. And then he's going to go ahead and talk about, you know, when you're in my position, you have to handle like uh, criticism and stuff like that and like just be fine with it and laugh it out. You didn't, what, how are you going to say that 10 minutes after you slap somebody? Started making trouble in my neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, he can sleep with his wife, but don't you dare talk about the hair. So. Shit. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. I mean, yeah, you're right. Chris Rock handled that like a professional. Like a champ. <laughs> the show must keep the show yeah. must go on. That's the definition. You the show must go on. Job. If that's me, I'm just walking off the stage like I don't need this shit. <laughs> I'm already rich. I'm out of here. Like, y'all don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> really though. You guys, did you guys see uh, Mark Phillips' video this morning? Like they so yeah. they too quick with it. They yeah. way too quick with oh, it. Yeah. Said, oh yeah. Where is he at? Well, he, he texted his buddies in the middle of the night, like, "Yo, come over. We have to make well, a video it's funny now." Because the Oscars invited all of these like influencers because the ratings have been so bad that they're like trying to get. The viewers back any way they can so they're like inviting all these tiktokers that's part of why i thought stuff. it was fake for viewership but yeah, I was yeah. Like, there's no way yeah. they stage this yeah because right? <laughs> they no were doing way. all the diversity stuff because they were like called out last year so i thought it was like for show but yeah it definitely was not nope so i mean that that shit was wild well deserved bj who's hooping oh Good Hooper on a less forceful note than last <laughs> night. Um, Got to give it to Nike and the Kobe Bryant estate for coming to a deal on a re, I guess, reboosting their partnership together. So what that means for the public, for us, and for the Dagger fans, 
you no longer have to pay a mortgage to get some Kobe's. You will be able to get them at maybe, maybe market price, which is hopefully like 185. But anyway, Nike shoes are back on the shelves. Nice. Uh, Vanessa Bryant, his wife, and Nike came to an agreement. So things are looking good. They got they'll be launching their Gigi Bryant series pretty soon because their birthday was going to be in May. So that's coming out. So it's just good to have Nike shoes by I mean Kobe's being made again. So all of us can enjoy them as his fans. No question. Love it. No question. Second for everybody. I heard VJ is trying to get a second job in order to, you know, afford everything they're about to drop. So, oh uh, yeah, keep 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 VJ in mind if you got to get. I might be Amazon driving, and I was like, just. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My my second good Hooper goes to Paolo Bancaro and the Duke Blue Devils. Um. I honestly, after they lost to UNC probably two weeks ago at home for Coach K's last game, I was like, oh, yeah, early tournament exit. They're going home. Coach K is going home early. But they all the way to the Final Four. And my man Powell looks like the number one pick again. I was big on him before, and I thought Jabari was going to take it. But this guy is uh, putting up big numbers, and he's coming up clutch. And so is the rest of the team playing well at the right time. So got to give it to Paolo and the Blue Devils. Hey, got to love it. Yeah, no question. I mean, we're going to give our full – you know, draft breakdown in the off season. It's hard to feel like there isn't a little bit of a void after how Chet and Jabari both performed in the mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. Paolo looking real nice. Absolutely. Real nice. So, so, I, I, solidifying his spot at the top right now. Yeah. I mean, I was right there with you. I thought Duke was done after they got yeah. dusted by UNC <laughs> and, and oh, Tech in the ACC tournament. I'm like, these guys are done. Yeah. I said they were going to go out in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah was not happening. <laughs> I was ready to say goodbye. <laughs> I mean, how do you not reform at this point? Yeah. Coach K's last ride. Definitely the best remaining story in the tournament. We could argue if it's been the best overall, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. My Hooper of the week, going right along with that, goes to a guy from the other school in North Carolina remaining in the tournament, which is UNC Tar Heels. Where the hell did Caleb Love come from? Right. Um, <laughs> he's been looking like John Morant in the NCAA tournament, averaging around 18 points a game, five assists. He's been nice. Uh, 25 points in the second half the other night against Houston, I want to say. Um, that could be wrong, but whoever it was, they got smoked. Caleb Love is on fire right now. He is Thanks. cooking up everybody in front of him. And honestly – Seeing how good him and UNC has continued to play makes me feel a little bit better about Marquette. Okay. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing about Marquette though. Like we always get that team that. That goes like, to the final four. That goes time. like we, we got South Carolina the year <laughs> they went to the final four. You got Murray State when they had John Morant. We have North Carolina made it to the final four. Like it's kind of, it's like kind of unlucky, but mm-hmm. you got to play who's in front of you. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's tough to be a Marquette fan these days, but at least we have our excuses to keep us warm at night, right? <laughs> yeah. It's all a plot, you know, these, <laughs> the seeds, they keep putting these teams that shouldn't be eight seeds and whatnot against us. It's, yeah. It ain't right. That's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll just keep making excuses. But yeah, UNC, Caleb Love, absolutely dominating right now. Um, all right. I'm just going to start saying it this way. Let's stay negative, shall we? 
Um, <laughs> I keep saying let's get negative, and, and it's uh, as if it, we were always negative positive before that. Big yeah, let's, <laughs> Big Betty. let's, Big let's, Betty. let's get intensify this negativity, shall we? Um, and give out some good hustle awards. And my, I have three good hustle awards. So from downtown, from deep. Um, my first good hustle award, I have to give to myself. Um, <laughs> I have no choice. Um, we are accountable to you, the listeners. If we have a bad take, then we will stand up like grown men and own it. And my bracket is a bad take. Okay. Now I hear you out there trying to comfort me trying to make me feel better but tc man you know it was a tough year you know lots of things that <laughs> couldn't have predicted couldn't have seen coming it doesn't matter um my bracket TC. is an absolute unmitigated orlando magic's size dumpster fire at this point <laughs> um my bracket currently sits at the 7.7 percentile that's right 92.3 percent of brackets filled out are better than me which means that only the brackets filled out by your grandmother where she picked based on mascots or the, the bracket filled out by your mother-in-law where she thought the higher seed was the better team. Those are the only brackets beneath me at this point. Um, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize. I don't know where my thought process went wrong. My friends here on this podcast, they tried to help me. They tried to warn me. I would not listen. Um, and <laughs> moving forward, I can and will do better. All right, bro. All right, with that out of the way, All right, bro. <laughs> bro. I haven't checked my bracket in like a week because I was oh I was God. done after the first round. So bad, bro. so bad. Like five years ago, I had a bracket that was like ninety nine point ninth percentile. I had all of the final four right. I had the championship game right. I had the champion right. That was when Villanova won it. I think the second time. And since then, I don't know if it's just cockiness. I don't know what, but ever since then, my brackets have just been horrendous. So I need to reevaluate everything and how I make decisions, not just in the bracket, but in life. Um, all right. My second good hustle award. What is with these tournament refs, man? These guys, Jesus are God. they the replacement refs? Are the actual refs out on strike? These guys are terrible. 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 Te- Probably the worst I've ever seen in the tournament. I uh, yeah, I don't recall seeing refs this bad. But I don't know. It seems like every single ref is calling different emphasis. Like there's no uniform set of rules. It's the wild west out there. I mean, Gonzaga just wasn't very good at the end of the day. But what was that fifth foul on Chet Holmgren in a critical game for Gonzaga? That was terrible. Terrible call. And I I saw way too many calls to even name that were just poor calls. So let's get these refs back into training. Let's get some yeah. high glasses. Let's get that rule book printed out, whatever we need to do, because they have been terrible. Mm-hmm. Workshop it out. Something. You guys Something. have you guys have six <laughs> months between now and the and the next season. Y'all gonna have to do workshops every week or something because Figure y'all don't out. know what y'all doing. <laughs> Figure it out. What is a flagrant foul? And why do we have to review literally everything? Do we know? Are you I don't know. Tech? For trying to come down on your feet after it doesn't quite that yeah. no idea. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. All right. My final good hustle award. I gotta give it to the king, LeBron James. So keeping with our award show motif, um, right before the Oscars, 
you know, were announced, the opposite of the Oscars happened, which are the Razzie Awards. Have you ever heard of the Razzie Awards? <laughs> Never in my life. Those are the awards that are given out for the, the worst, worst acting performances and worst movies of the entire year. And I mean, Kobe got an Oscar, but LeBron has a Razzie Award now for his terrible performance in Space Jam. It was confirmed. not that bad. They need to chill the fuck. I, he has the Razzie Award. I mean, That's... he took home worst actor at the Razzie Awards for his performance in Space Jam. So, I mean, he's pretty good at basketball, but his acting needs a little bit of work. So, LeBron, good hustle out there. That's Maybe crazy. in Space Jam 2, let's take some classes in between now and then. That's crazy. Yeah, he was better in that one movie in 2014. Yeah. Train wreck. Train he was wreck. better. Yeah, he wasn't terrible in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, I guess if you're LeBron James playing LeBron James, like Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know if it was the worst. That might be a little harsh, but it was pretty right? bad. It was it bad, was but it wasn't bad. that bad to win an award I, from it. It was pretty bad. Wow. <laughs> Not not the best. Hey, another trophy, baby. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Stack them up, baby. <laughs> so, I mean, I think he's going to have some time this postseason. So, maybe, you know, get, get in some classes, you know. Um, yeah. Let's work on that acting. It's, I know this is something you're wanting to do later in maybe after your career is over. So, something to work on. All right. That took a while. But, <laughs> Dion, who, who's hustling? All right, so I actually have two this week, and they're from yes. and they're teammates. Ooh. Uh, but they get an award for two different reasons. Get them. <laughs> the first one, I don't even know if he's called a teammate or a coach or what do you want to call him, mentor. And that is Udonis Haslam for trying to fight Jimmy Butler in that huddle last week. I know y'all going through a tough time, but who the fuck are you to yell? That you want to beat Jimmy Butler up, bro. You haven't played a game in the last 10 years. What are we doing here? It just it just makes no sense to me. He was he was like he was ready to go courtside, and Jimmy was just <laughs> unfazed, he just walked away. But it, you're you're on live television. Why are you acting that way? Like, and why you out of the whole team that are not you're not even playing? You're basically there just because you the, the organization loves you. So it's just mind-boggling to me why he had the audacity to come at Jimmy Butler. Granted, I'm about to give Jimmy Butler a, a good hustle award right now for Get his him. play in the past 20 games. Get him. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I don't know if you guys know this, but he has been shooting in the last 20 games. He's been shooting from three point. He's been shooting 10% in the last 20 games from three. No shot. Ooh, that shit stinks. I mean that both as a descriptor of what ten percent and a Ouch. and a measure of shock. Oh wow, that 10? is insane. Woof. What? I know he's not a shooter, but Jesus yeah. Christ! 10? I 10%? promise you put him in a uniform. Eric Spolstra shoots higher than that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Eric is at least thirty. The white yeah, Howard no shoots better than that from three. Ten percent. Damn. Is he like aiming at the right court? That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you like, how do you shoot ten percent? 
You're, so, and you're the leader of this team. That is tough. And that implies there's been at least 10 attempts. Yes. To get that low, you have to have a decent amount of attempts. Yes. So, yikes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. I'm looking through his stats right now. Last 10 games. 0, 0 for 3, 0 for 3, 0 for 2, 0 for 1, 0 for 1, 0 for 2, 1 for 2. <laughs> this is like insane. Go on. <laughs> hey, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Damn, son. Um, just, just swing it. To Duncan Robinson. Yeah. You'll get it done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Literally switch, bam. You're now the low post player. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Like, bam will knock it down. Bam will knock yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah. Who's that really other know. big man? Is it Dwayne Deadman? I bet he's. Oh, my God. Yeah. He'll shoot better. <laughs> PJ Tucker. Well, PJ Tucker. Hey, I just saw a video of Taco Fall knocking down a three. Get him out on the perimeter. Shit. He's shooting better than 10%. I promise. Pat Riley he, like, broke his clavicle when he shot it, but he still made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Good grief. And, yeah, the, the whole Udonis Haslam thing is just weird. Like, you're clearly there to be a locker room guy. Why are you trying to fight the star exactly. player instead of defusing the situation? I'm trying to be the glue guy and start fighting the superstar. The fuck? Yeah, weird, weird flex. But yes. I'm with you on that. All right, VJ, take us home. Oh, let's go. Get him. Yes. Get him. It is with tremendous honor, grace, gratitude that I present <laughs> this good hustle to him. To my guy, Antonio Brown. Uh, Let's go. Staying with, the, staying with the Miami theme, he was in town for the Nets game. Another and, uh, before one. The, <laughs> another one. <laughs> before the game, though, he's out there posing with celebrities, taking pictures. And this guy walks up to him. is like, yo, what's up, man? I'm Pitbull. How you doing? AB is like, I love your music, man. He's so inspirational. And that's all good. Like, showing other guys love around. three. It's Mr. 305. It's Mr. Worldwide. It's all that. <laughs> Except it's not really pit bull though. <laughs> like it's not pit bull at all. <laughs> not especially close either. Yeah, like, <laughs> I didn't see the resemblance at all. Like I think this dude had a beard, and pit bull doesn't even have a beard. I, and AB is like, oh yeah, like I love your music, bro. He's straight up like take he's posing, and I'm like, yo, that's like more of like burnadoodle that's not pit bull like this guy is like a different breed of dog entirely if you know he's not even close <laughs> so then lamar jackson comments on the picture like nah bro that's bull pit not pit bull like everybody <laughs> knew except AB, like and it's funny because the guy's like she kept a straight face the whole time and ab was like yeah bro like i appreciate your music and we're all like oh what music have you heard of this guy because it's not <laughs> yeah miss mr statewide i guess yeah yeah <laughs> Mr. Local, Mr. Local Wide. Um, Mr. 503. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I have oh, another second. point to make with this. Since you brought up Pitbull, why does everyone hate on Pitbull? I okay. like him. <laughs> right? Preach. I like him. They try yeah, to treat him good. like he's Nickelback for some reason. Yeah, he's he fine. makes good music. He makes good music. Look, he's if you're chilling dude. on the beach, you can turn on some Pitbull. What's the big deal? Everyone's right? Yeah. Like Pitbull hate. Yeah, come on now. He's Not fine. Like yeah. Grow up, people. Um, this next good hustle, I got to give it to my boy. Not really my boy. I don't really like him that much. Stephen A. Smith. You know, so Dion just mm -hmm. broke it down for us. My guy, Will Smith, went up there and with the palm of Thor, slapped the ever-living hell out of Chris Rock, a.k.a. <laughs> Chris got rocked. Um <laughs> Everybody hates my Chris. Man Steve, my man Stephen A was just tweeting, going hard, like, how dare you, Will Smith? You deserve your Academy Award, but this was shameful. 
He just keeps adding Will Smith, like at at at, and you're gonna see a theme in in this. It's not the right Will Smith, though. <laughs> like this is a Caucasian white Will Smith. Like this is not even the same ballpark. And my guy just comments like, "This is a random dude named Will Smith." He comments like, um, "I apologize." He just said, I apologize. <laughs> "Wasn't even Will Smith." And my guy Stephen A for eight straight tweets was just wrong. So I mean, <laughs> guys, just know who you're talking to. All right, get the right one. Get the right Will. The first guy you see. Social Jesus. media is hard sometimes. I get it, it really is. <laughs> I get it. And it would be it would be more forgivable if the guy's picture wasn't literally a white guy with a red beard. That's his picture. Bro, literally like a shaggy from Scooby. It's not even Swill <laughs> Smith at all. Not even close. Yeah, I mean. All right, come on, Stephen A. Oh no. Settle down the Twitter fingers just long enough to see who you're tweeting at. That's wild. Especially when you're directing that level of venom at a person. Yes. Yeah, like he was going at it for a minute. Yeah. He just had it for hours apart. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. How did nobody tell him in like in the first after the first one? I guess Almost he doesn't like read his replies, I guess. <laughs> he was just so infuriated that he just kept tweeting and didn't ask questions. <laughs> what a wild few days it's been. <laughs> Thank you, Will Smith, for that was some good ass of words. That was a good start to the episode. Oscars ain't got oh, nothing man. on that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 with the decline of the Oscars, I think it's fair to say we are now the gold standard in award <laughs> ceremonies. Uh, we got to start getting some bow ties or something. Let's class up the. We'll stay yeah. just as negative, stay just as petty, but we'll petty. class up the operation a little bit. You know All right, as Dion kind of alluded to. Um, let's talk about the Heat a little bit. And last I checked, Heat have lost four straight. Not ideal. We're seeing things like we talked about in the awards going on on the bench. Some infighting, perhaps. Um, Eric Spolstra getting on to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler having no part of it. Yelling back at his head coach. Udonis Haslam, the Mr. Heat culture getting involved. So, with all that going on, I know we ask this question a lot, but there's a lot of teams not playing their best basketball right now. Dion, is there reason to be concerned about the Heat headed into the postseason? Yes. Yes. To me, there is. I feel like they were never, like, the strongest team in the the East. I I said at the beginning they were going to come in fourth, but – they surpassed my expectations so far in the season, but there is cause to be concerned. They just lost four straight. Um, there's clearly some locker room tension going on because if somebody just goes off of you on the bench, there's always some back, like underlying issue. So I'm not I'm not too uh, confident in the Heat anymore as a number one contender. They were first for a good part of the season, but it's, it's getting shaky down the road. And with Jimmy Butler in a slump uh, and the issues, is there is there is cause to be concerned. DJ, you concerned about the Heat headed into the postseason? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I am concerned um, because I think TC said this probably a month ago. 
is there's a point in the season where Miami just hits a wall and they're just not that good. Like every, that, it's when everybody buys into them that they start to fall down. And that's exactly like what we're seeing, like word for word. Um, and it's like they don't do well as the front runners. Like when they're ahead and they're like they're the first seed, they don't do well. They have to be the guys hunting. They don't. They can't be the hunted. And Reach. I feel like that pressure catches up with them. And they do this every year, though. Like, it's an issue of consistency. And I feel like this year, though, it's happened at the absolute worst time when you should be hitting your rhythm, getting ready to go into playoff mode. They're, like, retracting, going the other way. And they – I think they had the number one seed for, like, two or three weeks, maybe even more. Yeah. But now, like, the East, like, TC, it's up for grabs. So, like, you don't want to be going into shambles basically with seven games left in the season. Absolutely. Like, it's what, one through five is, like, half a game or something. One through four is half a game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's up for grabs. I'm I'm with you guys. I'm concerned about the Heat. Um, the Kyle Lowry move has not paid off. Kyle Lowry, yes, he's not been good. Himself. Not been good at all. He hasn't, and this may not be his fault, but he hasn't really been that steadying veteran presence either on the floor or in the locker room that they were hoping he'd be. Um, and I, I think there's some legitimate maturity concerns about the Heat. There shouldn't be. There's <coughs> plenty of veterans on that team that should have a steadying force. But there seems to be a little bit of a rift between the Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero kind of segment of the team and kind of the older, like, P.J. Tucker, oh, yeah. Kyle Lowry, yeah. Haslam segment of the team. And it seems like they don't really want to listen. They want to play their game. They want it to be flashy. They want it to be sexy. And they don't necessarily want to do all of the little things. Yeah. And so for that reason, I'm concerned about the heat. And this is not the time of the year to suddenly have a lot of tension in the locker room. You get one bad playoff loss and, you know, the whole thing will go up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. And I think Stephen A. said it best about the Heat. They could legitimately win the title, or they could get bounced in the first round. I yeah. could see it yeah. either way. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. They get messed they up with Brooklyn, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they have the talent. Yeah. But I think they wanted to consider themselves far and away the best team in the East, and they're just part of that pack. Mm-hmm. They're part of that five-team pack we're talking about, and any of them could win the East. And since there's five teams, one of them is going to lose in the first round. Yeah. So, could be the Heat. Oh, absolutely. Out of, the, out of those first four teams, the one that I see as the weakest right now is definitely them. There's five teams that could all legitimately win the East in my mind, and only two of them are even going to play for the East. That means we're, we're talking about slim margins. And the Heat, by nature of what's been going on, find themselves potentially on the outside of that. So then with this scuffle that we've been talking about, this, you know, incident on the bench, are we, are we reading too much into this? Or do you think there's actually something to it? VJ, are we reading too much into this? Or do you think there's actually some friction going on in Miami? Mm-hmm. You know, usually we're pretty petty about things and we like to get down and dirty, but I think there's actually something going on here. Like we've been saying, like there's issues clearly in the locker room, I think. Like, and I we said this in the group chat, like heat culture is so overrated. Um, people mention heat culture like it's 
a religion. Like you go there and you just convert to this guy, this pro, but that's not the case. And I think um, you, when you get Jimmy Butler, you get more than just a hard worker. You get the diva, that's Jimmy Butler. You get the guy who likes things to be uneasy, who likes to create drama, even if that's with his own team. And it just wasn't a good look because Eric Spolstra, like usually coaches let it go and kind of say, let's regroup, we got a game to play. Coach Spolstra, like literally threw the clipboard down and was ready to keep going. Like he kept it going. He um he didn't look like the calm leader he usually is. Like he looked like he really had something to say to Jimmy Butler. And I've seen guys threaten each other, like, okay, like see me outside, talk, but it's usually on the other team. Udonis yeah. has him told Jimmy Butler, like, nah, like. I'll do it right now in front of everybody. I'll, I'll be jazz. Like just straight up like that. And it's like, wh- what does that do? A guy who doesn't play very much supposed to be a veteran leader and he's sending that kind of message. So it's kind of like, I think that scuffle is a big deal because that carries over and it clearly impacted them the rest of that week. Cause they, I think they lost four straight that entire week. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, in my mind, the best thing about the heat is also the worst thing about the heat. They are the ultimate live by the sword, die by the sword type of team. And that is the edge that they play with when they're disrespected, when they're overlooked, you know, that really works in their favor of it makes them close ranks, makes them say, nobody believes in us, but we believe in each other. But when they're kind of from the front and they have a target on their back, suddenly, you know, they're beefing with the Milwaukee Bucks because they played in the playoffs they're beefing with the Nuggets because they had a brawl. They're beefing with this team. They're beefing with that team. You know, they're trying to fight teams outside locker rooms and all of this kind of stuff. And <laughs> I forgot about when that. You're, yeah, when you're the first team, other teams know that they can exploit that. You can mess with them. That. Yeah. You can get in their head. And so I think they need to learn to relax just a little bit. They have a little too much heat culture. Um <laughs> They're so petty and so on edge all the time that it must be exhausting going through the entire regular season. It doesn't surprise me that they're taking a little bit of a dip right now. Yeah. And yes, if they get to like the fifth seed and nobody believes in them again, they'll probably make it to the NBA finals because they'll be able to ride that in close ranks. But other than that, there's going to be some infighting. That's the type of locker room they have. It can be a good thing. It can be a really bad thing. So, yeah. So yes, maybe we're reading too much into this one interaction, but that's kind of what you get with Jimmy Butler, right? And you take the good yeah. with the bad. Exactly. Now here's a wild card that I think is affecting the heat right now, which is the return of Victor Oladipo. Okay, he is back from injury. He is playing some minutes for the Heat. But my question is does his return help the heat or does it actually hinder them in some way? BJ, what do you think? I was going back and forth on this one, but um, I thought it would help the heat. But then as I thought about the already existing issues that they have, I was like, Oh, you bring back a guy who's trying to prove he can still play. And you mix him in with, let's just say a Tyler hero coming off the bench. Who's also trying to prove he is that dude. I think that could create some potential problems just because like we're saying there already is a divide between some guys on the team. So now you add a guy like that. It's always hard bringing X stars, so to say, back into the fold, especially a guy who was that that good. And I just feel like it could have been if the Heat didn't have chemistry issues already with their personalities, 
it could have been a great addition, not with Oladipo's personality, because he's pretty calm, cool, collected dude, but that good of a player bringing him into this team, I think it's hard because he wants an extension too. He wants to stay in Miami long term. And it's really a question of do they can they even afford to do that and make everybody keep everybody else on the team? It would have been a great addition if they didn't have issues already. Yeah. One of the biggest side note, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second. One of the biggest myths in the NBA and maybe even sports in general, but I've really seen it in the NBA is role doesn't really matter. We get all this, all the right dudes in the locker room and it's just going to work. Their role isn't actually going to matter. And that's just not true. We saw it in Brooklyn with the nets, with that implosion and literally what changed the Celtics going from 11th place where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going back and forth one, a one B Marcus Sharts trying Marcus Smart is trying to get his shots in constantly to suddenly tied for the number one seed and winning 22 out of 25 was getting everyone to accept their role. Jason Tatum is one. Jalen Brown is two. Marcus Smart is a defender with some shots in there. Mm-hmm. Literally same dudes get them into their roles where they need to be suddenly unstoppable. Okay. And with a guy like Victor Earl at Depot, trying to work himself back into the fold, he's not a bench guy. He's either going to be a fringe star or probably totally ineffective. I don't think he's ever just going to be an effective bench guy. And so trying to shoehorn him into that role isn't helping Victor Oladipo, and it's not helping the Heat. So, I mean, he has a counter agenda, and I don't blame him. Like, he has something to prove to himself. He has something to prove to everybody else of, like, I can still play. I'm still that same guy you saw put on the Black Panther mask in the dunk contest. I'm Mm -hmm. still that guy from Indiana and from Orlando. And it's hard to think that doesn't come before the Heat success, a team that had a lot of success without him. And so when you have the – and it's not exclusive to Victor Oladipo. We see this all the time of stars who have been injured for a long time coming back to a team that they haven't been fully invested in. And it's just kind of the nature of the beast. And so I think in a lot of ways it's going to hurt the Heat trying to get him back – and if you just treat him like another dude off the bench, I don't think it's gonna work. Exactly. <clears throat> That's fair. The thing is, like, that is true. It would have been it would have been a good fit under different circumstances. But I think the the heat and Oladipo's plans are kind of different right now. And I think he's not gonna be there after this season. And it, it also kind of shows by the type of minutes he's t- kind of getting and the amounts of games he's playing. Because he's playing a game, at all, uh, like one game every three games, it seems like. He's not playing a lot of games. He's not playing a lot of minutes. And it's not looking like they want, they even want to in- implement him into their rotation. Under different circumstances, go for it. He is a, he is a super, he can be a superstar. Absolutely. He can find a place in that starting lineup for sure. But there is internal issues. He's mm-hmm. not completely healthy. And the Heat are trying to go on a title run again. I don't see how he would fit in that. So I think he's going to be gone after this season, right? despite him planning on staying there for the long term. Yeah, and just to be clear mm-hmm. about what I'm saying about Victor Oladipo, I don't think – I'm not trying to assassinate his character. I'm not Absolutely trying not. to yeah. – this is not a situation unique to Victor Oladipo. We see it all the time. Yeah, a lot of stars do it. Yeah, yeah, so but they're coming I, back. Yeah, and you know he's worried about 
you know, trying to get back to form. He's worried about his next contract. And I don't blame him. Like, if you've missed that much basketball, that might be my primary concern too. But for a team who's based on where they're at, their only concern should be winning a championship. I don't think he's going to buy in to just be like, yes, let me help this team win at any personal cost. I just don't think that's going to happen. That, that's the thing. Like, it's not, it's not even personal for him because it's a different situation when you come back from an injury and you've been on a team for a long time. He's got to this team injured. So he has no like ties to this team. It's just like they don't owe him anything. So mm-hmm. it's different. Like to, like we saw it with Clay Thompson. They want him to get back into the rotation. They want him to shoot. This is a completely different situation because he's new to this team. He hasn't played games with this team. Is is just different. Right. And going back to another example from the Celtics, Dennis Schroeder. That's you what pick I was out one yeah. single game. Where Dennis Schroeder cost them games? No. Could you point to any single incident that, of him blowing up the locker room? No. But he clearly just wasn't on the same page as the rest of the team. Yeah, he was worried about yeah. his next contract. After all the money he's turned down, it would be hard not to, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even necessarily blame him. But for a team that is singularly focused on trying to compete and feeling the pressure of needing to win, having guys on your roster – that are more worried about what they have to do just doesn't work. It just mm-hmm. doesn't vibe. And so Victor Oladipo in the heat is not going to work this season for those reasons. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when it comes to playoff time, if I'm Spo, I don't know if I play him. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Absolutely. I agree. We'll see. I mean, it, he definitely has the talent to take over some games for Miami in the postseason. Oh, yeah. And he's going to try if he's out there. But mm-hmm. I think it actually will be a detriment to the heat. <sighs> heat culture, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting heated in South Beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm with you, BJ. I hate heat culture. It's like, oh, oh we okay. win because yeah. of our great culture. Oh, yeah, it has great culture. Destination for free yeah. agents. It has nothing to do with the, the clubs here at all. Nothing to do with that. It's our culture. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't there no state income tax, too? I think that's my the case, head? yeah. I was going to say, like, if I was a free agent and I signed a max deal, I had no state income tax. You bet your ass I'm going to Miami. <laughs> when is the next flight? <laughs> yeah. It's like you literally keep, like, a third more of your contract, maybe half than other places. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like all I got to deal with is Jimmy yelling make. at me and Don's th- <laughs> threatening me. All right, cool. I'm going to keep no my problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the NCAA tournament, shall we? Let's do it. Um, very predictable tournament. Very tame. Um, <laughs> just kidding. This thing it's has insane. been wild. Anything but predictable. Yeah. Literally. The wheels have absolutely come off this tournament. Yeah. It's been insane. <laughs> and I've been here for every part of it except for the officiating. It has been absolutely wild. Um. And pretty much at every point, and I know it's not just me, a lot of people had a lot of games wrong. So my first question is turning to the top two teams coming into this tournament. Gonzaga and Arizona, both losing before shy of the Elite Eight. And so my question is, out of those two teams, which team do you think choked worse? Because clearly they both choked. They both had the talent to go all the way and they lost. 
I mean, maybe in the NCAA tournament one game, it's a little harsh to call it a choke. But we're negative people, so we're going to call it a choke. <laughs> um, so, Dion, did Gonzaga or Arizona choke worse? Um, based on what the public perception of, of these two teams, I would say Gonzaga choked the worst because everybody, everybody was saying, oh, they're, they're going to the final. They, they're going to win this. It's their year. And it happens every year. They choke every year. And it's not different this year. So based on that, I feel like Gonzaga choked the, the worst. Plus, like, they were playing two – both teams were playing two teams that were hot. So it's got not really, like, a super choke because Arkansas was pretty good and Houston was pretty good for Arizona. Uh, I had a lot of expectations for Arizona too, but not as much as other people had for Gonzaga, if that makes sense. Uh, but they both choked in the end. It's just a question of who choked the worst. Now, see, I'm I agree with you. I do think Gonzaga choked worse. But I mean, if if they make it to the national championship game and don't win, I wouldn't call that a choke like they did last year. I mean, that was just getting beat by getting their brains beat in by a they got they, good they, they team. Breaks oh beat off them. They got handled. <laughs> Let's be real, but I wouldn't call that a choke. Like if Duke lost at this point in the tournament, I wouldn't say they choked. There's nothing wrong That's with fair. the Final Four, you know. That's fair. Um, but I agree with you. It's Gonzaga. You can feel the pressure mounting each successive year. They don't win at all. They yeah. have had the most number one seeds in history without a national title. They got the most wins in tournament history yeah, too. It's <laughs> a lot without a title. This is an elite program. And teams like Marquette and San Francisco have more national titles than they do. NC State, like the University of Utah, like schools like this have a national title and still Gonzaga doesn't. I don't care what decade it was. I don't care if it's the 1930s. Doesn't matter. Point is, they have a title. Gonzaga doesn't. And so it's starting to feel like with the teams they're putting together and the talent they're bringing in, that anything short of a title feels like a choke. Especially when they're in the WCC and their road is paved to a number one seed, so they're trying to make the they trying to make their conference look good by giving high seeds to the to their other teams in it. It's starting to feel yeah. very John Calipari ish. At least John Calipari Ooh. has a has a ring, but Calipari has a title. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I I would never slander Drew Timmy. But in a no, game where he was so-so, the rest of the team looked helpless without him to carry them. And so oh, absolutely. Yeah, Holmgren exposed is a strong word for this tournament, but he did no, not play well. exposed. You can say it. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> he got somewhat exposed in this tournament. He looked a little lost. He looked like he was not ready he was getting handled. for that level of competition. He got handled at some stretches. You're right. And... He can complain about the officiate in the Arkansas game, rightfully so. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're still on the floor for 36 minutes. And what yeah. did you do for it? I mean, he sat out for some of it, but you get him. So, yeah, big choke by Gonzaga. Yeah. And it's hard to say it's a choke when Arizona, this is their first year under their head coach. So, yeah. And in, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, yeah. very successful season. Context Absolutely. matters. Even though they were a number one yeah. seed. A favorite to win in a lot of ways, still a really good season for them. Yeah, and they were they were they were ass like last year. All right, like the change yeah, happened overnight basically mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, so they didn't have yeah. as many expectations as Gonzaga had for the past five years. 
Yeah, if I'm a recruit and I'm looking at Arizona, I'm giving them a hell of a look. They oh, yeah. Look like they got something building. Oh, yeah. Uh, BJ, you agree? Gonzaga choke worse? Or are you putting the blame on the Wildcats? Um, I think Gonzaga definitely did choke worse. Um, just because, like, we saw this same movie last year, just a, a different set of characters for Gonzaga. <laughs> I mean, a lot of returners. Um Last year they had Suggs again, like the number one guy that comes in. They look dominant for the regular season because of their conference. Get makes them look better than what they are, and then they get like out physical by programs that are in Power Five or the bigger schools. And you could see it kind of similar to what happened with Baylor last year. Like Arkansas just took, uh, is it Nimhart? Is that how you say it? The guy from Nimbrand, yeah. And then, okay, yeah, so they took him out the game. They out-physical Chet. He got out-physical by, um, who is that, Memphis, too. So it's like you see, like, the same thing with Gonzaga every – I think they've been consistent damn near since the days of Kelly Olenek, like way back when. Like, they've been building up a powerhouse program, but oh, just can't – further than that, Adam Morrison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Adam Morrison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like – yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's time to win the big game, like they just don't, they don't get it done. So, I mean, you know, if they would have got to the national championship and lost, I agree. Like, I don't think it would have been a choke. It just would have been like, okay, same year, it's the same, or different year, same thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like their style of play gets exposed um, this time of the year. They need some tougher players. They don't yeah. miss. If I'm them, I'm looking for more like seniors and guys yeah. in the transfer yeah. portal. Transfer portal, yeah. Yeah. Some tough Watch Sharif on go there. You have plenty of skill. You have 38 guys yeah. who can shoot a three. Yeah. Like you have plenty of skill. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time to get out, go out there and get some toughness. Some yeah. like, they they need guys from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Playgrounds <laughs> <laughs> where they spend most of their days. Yeah, they need some guys where if you say something about their wife, their consequences. Just get up and slap you. Open <laughs> and then return yeah. to their seat like nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, what a slap to the face for Gonzaga. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the best story. I'm just saying it right now from this tournament. Even oh, bigger yeah. than Coach K. Yeah. Which is those damn peacocks from St. Peter's. Okay. <laughs> a 15 seed all the way into the Elite Eight. Unreal. Unreal. So let's debate this a little bit. Or maybe we just all agree. Is this run by St. Peter's, which sadly fell short of the Final Four, where does it rank all time? Are they the greatest Cinderella of all time? Dion, is St. Peter's the greatest Cinderella of all time? Yes. Absolutely, in my eyes. Might not be the greatest story, but it's definitely the greatest Cinderella of all time. Because 15 seed, you beat Kentucky, number two. You beat Murray State, number seven. Or whatever they were. Yeah, seven. Seven. And who'd they beat after that? Purdue. 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 Three seed. With, with, okay, just for context – Purdue has a 7-2 guy or whatever he is. Massive. Giant. Massive. Gigantic. <laughs> Massive. And NBA then it, guard. St. Peter's, the tallest dude was 6-8. And they uh, they out, uh, they bullied them. Purdue has an NBA player in their ranks. Shit. 
Kentucky has all NBA players. They beat all these people. They they practice in a gym that like has a roof that leaks in New Jersey. This come on, man. How can you make a better story than that? From the 15th seed, they started off the season two and five, and now they made it to the Ooh, NBA. Yeah. They were one game away from the final four. These guys are legends. I'm sorry. Like these guys are legends. I don't care what nobody say. DJ. St. Peter's the greatest Cinderella of all time. I think so. I was trying to go back in the archives of history and think of guys and teams who made like those legendary runs. But um, I was thinking about Loyola and Sister Jean a little bit. But this story had a little bit more magic because like people were genuinely shocked. Yes. Like the gym that they play in is like way smaller than the Marquette Rec Center to put that in the context. Like, it's just smaller than that. Um, and I actually heard that during the season this year, due to COVID protocols, they had to stop the season for 29 days. Like they didn't get to practice or play for basically a month. And to come out and have this kind of showing, I think is impressive. You beat a two seed, a seven seed, a three seed, and you literally like are shocking these teams. And you don't have like the talent nor the skill level of some of these guys, but you get it done anyway. Um, their best player is Baker Mayfield. You know, a.k.a. <laughs> my guy Eater with the stash. Um, their coach, though, I think their coach, the way he believes in them, made them believe in themselves because he was like, absolutely. You know, my guy, my guys ain't scared. Like, we, we really don't. What you going to say? We're for New York. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, they, they beat Purdue on National Peacock Day and they are the Peacock. So if that's for anything, you know, you got to take yeah. that. But I think a 15 seed within one game of the final four, you got to you got to give it up. Yeah, absolutely. St. Peter's is the greatest Cinderella of all time. If they made a movie and put it on Disney Plus, I would not believe it. Bro, I'd say, this is I ridiculous. Pay. This is like <laughs> this is fantasy, like science fiction. What the hell like, are you that talking about? Actually, happen. Hell out of like, my face with that. This is so unrealistic. Like, no way the dude with the porn stash is that wet. Like, no way. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Doug. 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 Um. But, I mean, this story has it all. I mean, a team with terrible losses during the regular season and a very unimpressive record from a tiny school with a stupid mascot and an extremely likable and enigmatic head coach, a star player with a silly hairstyle and or facial hair, um, taking on and dominating teams with NBA talent that are much larger than them. Like this story has it all. Everything. <laughs> Everything it has it all. Of. Everything you can think of in the Cinderella run, the St. Peter's going on Disney. Have. Yes. Disney yeah. I mean, what a run. For, I'm trying to route. I, to me, if you, if you sat me down and say, is it more unlikely that a 15 seed can win multiple games or a 16 beat a one? I would say 15 seed to win multiple games every time. Anything can happen in one game. We saw it with UMBC. But for a 15 seed to beat three games, near two NBA teams on their way to the Elite Mm -hmm. Eight, like Purdue and Kentucky were kind of stacked. Yes. Those are good teams. Really good teams. (laughs) Those are top programs. (laughs) I count at least two, maybe three lottery picks on those two teams. And St. Peter's took them out. Like, absolutely unreal no fear that uh, easily the greatest cinderella run of all time absolutely 
And it's like some of those other teams, like people throwing Butler deservedly so inches from a national title, but they had Gordon Hayward. <laughs> they had Brad yeah. Stevens. These guys have got nobody. None, nobody on that team is going to the league. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. They just play hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? They, I mean, like I said, this story has it all. So, yes, St. Peter's is the greatest Cinderella sprung yes. of all. Goated. Penzo. And I like what you said, Dion. Sister Jean always has a place in my heart. <laughs> I love Sister Jean. But that was I, I think. I'm oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> but I mean, the, the peacocks <laughs> we love have captured the nation's imagination even more than mm-hmm. Loyola, in my opinion. All right. Looking at looking ahead. Well, no, let's 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 stay let's stay in the present with the Elite Eight and the Sweet Sixteen. We talked about Gonzaga and Arizona, and let's stay petty. Because which conference had a worse showing in the tournament? And thank God for Villanova because it's not the big east. Because yeah. we have Villanova, thank <laughs> Um, I never thought I'd be grateful for Villanova, but I'm grateful for Villanova. So, with that being said, who had a worse showing in the NCAA tournament? The Big Ten or the SEC? Dion, which, which conference had a worse showing? Thank God. I have to go first. Dion, you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's even a question because it's definitely the Big Ten. The only team that made it to the C-16 was Michigan. They were in the 11 seed. Wait, is Purdue in the Big Ten? Yeah, Purdue's in the Big Ten. Well, they lost to they lost to St. Peter, so no. Yeah, the Big Ten has a worse showing because they have so much hype every year. They have so many teams in this fucking tournament, and none of them made it to the Elite Eight. Not even the Elite Eight. I'm not talking about Final Four or anything, because the SEC had is Arkansas in the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. At least Arkansas made it to the Elite Eight, and they beat Gonzaga. So it's not even a question. It has to, the the worst. Performance was the Big Ten, in my opinion. Interesting. BJ, do you agree? Dude, this is actually a really hard question. I get what Dion is saying. Like, it should be a no-brainer. But when you just put everything in a context with St. Peter's, some of these losses, like, don't appear as bad when you think about it. But I'm going to go Big Ten as well, just because I feel like Iowa let everybody down the first round. Um, the Badgers played terribly in the second round against Iowa State, I believe they lost to, and they shot two for 22 from three. Um, I mean, Michigan, okay. Michigan State lost to Duke. So I feel like the Big Ten overall had a worse showing, whereas I feel like the SEC wasn't as bad. Now, if St. Peter's was a 15 seed who was just trash, I would be like, okay, Kentucky, by that alone, is default to SEC. But given Arkansas went pretty deep and we saw that happen, I got to go Big Ten as well. I mean, nobody hates the Big Ten more than I do. Maybe some people are tied. But I think I got to go with the SEC here. The Big Ten, I think, had more teams. That's true. I mean, the Kentucky loss was the worst loss of the tournament. Like, all respect to St. Peter's, but with the talent Kentucky had, they still should have ran them. Mm -hmm. And they lost. And then throw in Tennessee, another darling. Yeah, SEC champs. SEC champs taken out in the second round by Michigan. Pair that with Auburn, 
a very popular pick for the final four. Oh, getting yep. smacked yep. by Miami. I forgot about Auburn. <laughs> yeah, not a not a ton of depth. I thought Texas A and M should have got in, by the way. Um, yeah, but not a lot of depth. But the teams the SEC had were fairly highly seeded. Arkansas tried to save it as a four seed, but you have two two seeds and a three seed. None of them make it to the Sweet 16. Woof. Got to give it to the SEC. Arkansas and Eric Musselman tried to save it, but they couldn't. Yeah. I mean, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee, those are all bad losses. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's fair. I was Big Ten champs. I was going to say that's they, they kind of did that for me. The Badgers played really bad. Yeah. Ohio State was irrelevant. But when you throw the Auburn thing out there, that kind of throws a wrench into what I'm thinking. Yeah, I forget, the, it's been I forgot. so long since they lost. I forgot that they lost. Like that Auburn <laughs> was in the tournament. And they didn't just lose. They got worked. So, damn. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone should, should be surprised that the Big 12 has done as well as it has. The Big 12, I think, for college basketball – is year in and year out conferences and routinely yes. it feels like has teams that do really well in the tournament. Yeah. They always have at least one final four team, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, between they Texas won last Tech, year. Baylor, Kansas, mm-hmm. um, there's always some other teams you can throw in there. Iowa State, um, Oklahoma sometimes. T- TCU. Really well. TCU. Well. Took out ears. I tried to tell you guys about TCU. You didn't want to listen. Hey, they lost. Um, <laughs> they did, but they played really well. Nah, yeah. They, they almost beat really them. well. <laughs> By the way, I'm not taking no for an answer. That foul and that 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 call in the Arizona game, last possession, thousand percent a foul. No, it wasn't. He bumped into one thousand percent a foul. Stop. He knocked him into the backcourt. No, anyway, he didn't. I digress. I digress. The thousand percent a foul. Go watch it back. But I mean, everyone, myself included. Couldn't wait to jump on the back of the ACC this year, right? Oh, man, they are terrible. This conference is buns. But then Miami, Duke, and North Carolina came out and smacked people around. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? hmm ACC playing really well. So, with that being said, with the ACC, here, here's a question that I think deserves some reflection. Duke and NC in the final four, Coach K's final run, maybe final game. North Carolina, Hubert Davis's first year as head coach in the final four. Will this be the greatest Duke North Carolina game of all time? Absolutely. This is the first time they ever meet in the tournament. I'm not saying final four, in the tournament. Of course, it comes on the last go around of Coach K. Kind of seems suspicious, but we're just gonna like <laughs> look over that. We're gonna look the other way. I have I have I have some thoughts on that, but we just not. It's not for today. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. Conspiracy theories are solely within my discretion, Dion. Okay, <laughs> fair. You got right, it. You're right. Um, but it's 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 one of the greatest matchups in the Final Four I've ever seen. I'm with you. There's 1, so much story, just so much history between these so many two teams. Storylines. The storylines are insane. Hubert Davis. Nobody thought he, North Carolina would be this good with him, like right away. 
they made it to the final four. Like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, up until March, they weren't playing that good. Exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. And then they go ahead and beat Duke at, at Duke's place. So they already played once or twice. They played twice. Yeah. But <laughs> it's going to be a revenge game for Duke. It's going to be possibly the last game for Coach K. Final four. First time they meet in the tournament. This is the greatest matchup for Duke, North Carolina of all time. I don't care what anybody else say. Uh, yeah, I'm 1,000% with you. Duke Carolina is one of the best rivalry in sports, let alone basketball, let alone yeah. college basketball. Yeah. And the fact that they are meeting in the Final Four with everything on the line. I don't care what happens in the very long and you know contentious history of Duke NC. This is everything on the line. This is a brand-new head coach. Hubert Davis done a phenomenal job and coach K's last go around. This is the, this is going to define the next generation of this rivalry for maybe 20 years. Yeah. If Hubert Davis gets the better of coach K, especially this could define the rivalry for two decades, a chance for the championship game on the line. Like everything is on the line. These stakes have never been higher and even though NC is a low seed, this might be the greatest Final Four non-championship game ever. Yeah. And I really hope it's not a blowout one way or the other. Yeah. It's oh, yeah, on that paper. Was, that would be so, be oh my God. I'd be so pissed. Ever. This Final Four I'm is so going to be a, the whole Final Four. Because on the other side, you have Jay Wright and Bill Self. Ooh. Facts. Facts. We have... When have we ever seen anything like this in the final four? I am so geeked. I was so pissed. Uninterrupted. I was so pissed this past week where all the games went. But now that I see the final four, uh huh, it's worth I'm it. Like, it's worth it. <laughs> it was worth it because the, yep. the tournament started off on the highest note possible. I was I was like, oh my god, this is the best tournament of all time. Then this past week, I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? We got no, none of the teams I like are in. Everybody's getting blown out. Get the fuck out of here. And now we have the greatest matchups for the final four. I personally have ever seen. Ooh, bloods. Facts. Yes. DJ, is, is this the best Duke NC game of all time? Everything y'all said and more, like, this is probably going to be the most anti- – I, I would imagine tickets to get to this game. Oh, I don't even want to see it. I don't even want to see it. You got to take out a second mortgage. We, oh, we talking yeah. about Super Bowl prices. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you go, you go tell fiance and say, "Let me see that ring real quick." I might have to just. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to borrow it. I just need to borrow yeah, it. Let's borrow it real quick. Um, you think about the matchups in this game, like R.J. Davis for UNC versus Kerwin Roach for Duke, little guy out the backcourt, Paolo. Going, I think I forget the guy on UNC was a really, really good defender, like six eight. Oh, he was locking people up yesterday. You got um Baycott versus Williams, like mm-hmm. as, as a big. Then you got guys who come off the bench and get it done, too. And you got a guy in Herbert, or is it Herbert? It is Herbert. Hubert. 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 No, oh, wait, okay. that's the coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm saying oh, as oh, a yeah. coach. Um a guy who used to play against Coach K, now coaching mm-hmm. against Coach K, like the amount of film he probably has, like, oh, we got to study this. And I think, like, 
that game in at Duke a couple weeks ago, both teams have used it as motivation. Like Duke didn't let it destroy him. They said, okay, we know what we got to do. We got, we owe, we owe coach K one. And then UNC was like, damn, we're actually really good. We just went home and did this. So they both use that game. And I think like to, for, for them to meet in the tournament for the first time and it for to be for a championship or to get there, you can't really script that in coach K's last season any better. So I think this is going to be all that and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I said it once. I'll say it again. This could be a program defining game. Yeah, this could define your program Absolutely. for a decade, maybe two. Absolutely. This is gonna be amazing. Zombie wild. Get your popcorn ready. Hell yeah! It's about <laughs> to go down. Whew! Take a breath after. Like just just thinking about that game gets me excited. I'm ready to go right now. Put me in. I'm ready to mess it up for somebody. All right. Not as big, but still really exciting game. Like we're talking about. Let's talk about the second game in this final four. Jay Wright, Colin Gillespie, Villanova versus Bill Self in Kansas. BJ, who do you like in that game? And what are you looking at? I'm honestly rolling with the Jayhawks to get it done. Um and the only reason I am is because I think they have a little bit more on their side in Villanova. They have a little bit more depth. Um, Villanova, I would say, has more of an experience factor. But I think Kansas is the more physical team. And the I think Villanova executes better. But what ultimately is pushing me towards Kansas in this case is they lost their starting guard in the backcourt in Justin Moore. Uh, that his injury was tough to watch and you could just see like the heartbreak in his eyes it reminded me of Katie at the finals actually same side on the right wing I think he you could see his calf roll up and you know what that means at that point so it was tough to see and that hurts them defensively so I think that puts a lot more pressure on Colin Gillespie in the backcourt but I think Kansas ultimately though will get it done in this case Kansas is a good take clearly nobody has been talking about Kansas Kansas might be the least talked about number one seed I've ever mm-hmm. experienced in this tournament. Yeah. Nobody talks yeah. about them and they've ridden that disrespect all the way to the final four and could very well win this game. You know, that's, you, you make some good points, but in my mind, this is where Jay Wright makes his money. He's the anti Gonzaga. When he gets to the mm-hmm. final four, he gets it done as yeah. of late and he builds his team that way of these are guys who are experienced. These are guys who are fearless. These are guys who step up in these moments and, you know, put Colin Gillespie right there in that long line of Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Chris Jenkins, Archie Diniakano of that's that typical scrappy disrespected undersized Villanova guard who just takes over in crunch time. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, this is, this is Jay Wright time. This is where, where he makes his money. And so it's really hard for me to pick against Villanova. And nobody is talking about Jalen Samuels still. That guy is really good. He mm-hmm. is really good. Like Colin Gillespie, you know, we've known about him for a few years now, but Jalen Samuels is really good. Kansas has some ballers too, but I like the Jay Wright over Bill Self call it coaching matchup. Dion, who do you like in that game? This is a question that I do not want to answer because I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Bro, I, it's, I, it's a tough one. It's, it's, it's a, probably it's one of the hardest hard. matchups I've ever seen. Yeah, this you, game could be 70 to 69 in overtime. This game 
Bro, this game, like, this game could finish 40 to 50. That's what I was going to say. Because like, like, Villanova did not allow more than 60 points those whole True. True. 15 to Miami in the second <laughs> half. Yeah. Miami scored 15 points in the second we, half. Yeah. We're talking about, like you said, V, the more injury is hurts Villanova so bad. But they have the, one of the greatest coaches of all time in mm-hmm. college hoops. But on the other side, you have probably the best team left in this tournament. So who, how, can, how can I make a decision on this? It's a problem. Yeah, I, I don't know. Take them. It's, it's, at the end of the day, I mean, I love Kansas. I love Abaji. Uh, so I feel like they win in this game. I think Kansas, overall, the better team. Uh, I think the more uh, injury is going to hurt Villanova a lot. But it could also bring the team together and yeah. fight for him. So yeah. there's so many variables that is hard. But I feel like my gut tells me Kansas is going to the final. Considering my tournament track record, that's probably a good call. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we didn't actually pick who wins the Duke-UNC game. We were so yeah. caught up in the gravity of that game. Yeah. And everything it means, it doesn't mean, and all of this stuff. And we didn't actually talk about the game. Yeah, <laughs> at all. <laughs> I could just go on and on about what this we, we game talked means, about the storylines, so. everything, yeah, but the storylines write themselves. Yeah. But in terms of the actual, I mean, VJ talked about it. So shout out to VJ. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual game, who do you guys like in that game, Dion? Who are you taking in the Duke UNC game? It's hard. Uh, the way the t- this tournament is going, I see yeah, Duke. No. I think Duke is making to the, making it to the final. They have pound for pound the better team. Uh. The storyline is with them, so it's got to go that way. I'm probably dead wrong. I probably this might be like the uh, exchange, like the turning point for these two uh, organizations. Maybe North Carolina goes ahead and win and start like a new Coach K era in North Carolina in UNC with Uber Davis. Who knows? I feel like Duke is probably gonna end up winning in the. Yeah, I mean, you got to throw out the eight seed. In front of North Carolina, yeah, absolutely. That means nothing. It's so like a one seed since they started. Yeah, all the um, all the the whole like the whole Final Four is just basically one seeds right now. Yeah, I mean, they've played like a one seed, and I I mean this is another pick them, but to me, having a young team that's inexperienced can so most of the time can be a really big disadvantage but sometimes and we saw it with like Kentucky with Anthony Davis sometimes a young team is so ignorant that they don't know that they shouldn't be any good and so with Duke I think in some ways they're almost oblivious to the gravity of this and their inexperience has not shown and North Carolina is the more experienced team maybe just as talented but I think because of what happened the last time they played, I think Duke has to treat this as a revenge game. I think they've been chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. All those young players feeling like they let Coach K down when they lost to UNC, and suddenly they get another shot at it. Maybe they get the jitters, but I think they come out. And it's the opposite of last game, where last time they played, they were really uptight, really feeling the moment. Even though it's totally counterintuitive, 
I feel like it's going to be the opposite. They're going to come out relaxed. They're going to come out fire out, fired up, and I think they handle business, even though North Carolina is really good. Yeah. So I, I think it's got – maybe it's just the sucker in me. I want the romance. I want the story of Coach K living on into the championship game. But I really do think Duke has everything right in front of them. Yeah. I do want North Carolina to win, though. <laughs> I think it's Duke, Duke is going to win, but I want North Carolina to win. Interesting. Dion or VJ? Who do you like? I'm rolling with the Blue Devils. I'm rolling with the Blue Devils. Like I said before, I think that game, Coach K's last game at home, really did something to them. I, and knowing Coach K, I think he probably showed them all the clips of people roasting them all the memes about how they didn't perform. He even came out at the end of the game because they were booing so hard, like, hey, don't take it out on these guys. Like, it's been a hell of a season. Tonight was not acceptable, but it's been a great – I think they lose that motivation, and I think, like, you're, like we're all saying, like, that's a lot of revenge and motivation right there. Um, and then I'm going to go back to something Coach K did against Texas Tech when he brought out the zone, and Texas Tech looked – so lost against the zone. Like, I think Coach K, while he's the master, is he brings out something you just don't expect a Duke team to do. And I feel like in a rookie coach in Huber Davis, like Coach K probably has something up his sleeve. But just the pure motivation factor, I feel like you come too far not to get it done for Coach K. Yeah, I mean, this is the type of rivalry where, assume they didn't play. Even if Duke won the national championship, they would still regret that loss to UNC. Yeah. Yeah. And how many times in life do you get a, a chance for pure redemption? Like, not, not, not equivalent, not like making people forget about it, but true redemption. Yeah. A chance to truly erase that literally February. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Like, literally. Bane breaks Batman's back. Batman's come back. Like, let's you, come back. You have to Batman. think that Duke is just cheering their ass off during that UNC game, hoping oh, they get UNC in front like, of them. They probably didn't want St. Peter's. They're like, no, we don't want the, no, the we want No we shot. Want they were yelling their lungs out for UNC to make it to the Final Four so that they get to be the ones to do it. And so, I mean, if they get lose again, you know, that makes it all the worse. But <laughs> I, it, the table is set for Duke. Absolutely. The table is set for Duke. I think they have to take this one. So then with our with us predicting the games, who do you think out of this final four is the national champion? BJ, who do you think is the national champion out of these four teams? Uh I'll say it once and I'm gonna say it again. I accidentally spelled Duke wrong on my champion. It looks like I put Arizona, <laughs> but I'm rolling with the Blue Devils. I think <laughs> I think Duke's gonna get it done. <laughs> I really do. I feel like you in Coach K's last year, you can't script it better than this. It might be rigged. Who knows? But I'm going with Duke. I think Duke got to get it done. Uh, once again, I have to remind you to refrain from the conspiracy theories. Thank you. <laughs> Just be, yep, that's on me. That's my bad. Don't slap me, please. Don't slap me. <laughs> Keep my conspiracy theories out of your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm just playing. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, call me a romantic. I'm with you. I, it's hard to, t- they have the most to play for. Like every team has, should have equal motivation of wanting a national championship, mm-hmm. but Duke has more to play for somehow. Oh, yeah. And 
they've been balling out of their minds. And it's it's hard not to pick Duke at this point. Dion, you agree? You're gonna pop you're gonna burst everyone's bubble? Yes. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I think the the winner of the tournament is gonna come out of the other final uh final four final four matchup. And I think it's gonna be Kansas. I think they've been so overlooked this whole tournament that people don't actually know how good they are, and they are really good. So I think they're gonna they they wanted the Duke North Carolina matchup. Everybody wanted it, but I think once it gets set in final, I think all the storylines go out of the window, and I think Kansas is gonna come away with it. Yeah, that's not a bad take, and I'll tell you why. Uh, for all the reasons that we've mentioned, this Duke UNC game, the winner of that game is setting themselves up for a massive like letdown game mm-hmm. because if you beat your bitter rival in the final four. It, it would be hard to think that you haven't won already. Yeah. Like you slayed the beast, you know, you destroyed your rival to get to the championship game and you're definitely setting yourself up for a letdown. That's kind of where I was going. Really careful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you make a good point. Uh, they have everything to play for in that final four game. Exactly. And it's definitely a possibility that they look past. I mean, it seems impossible mm-hmm. to say to look past the national championship, but yeah. Yeah, this could be Pill Self's first title in 14 years, too. Yeah. Like, it's a while for him. And see, beat Derrick Rose. Right. Memphis beat Memphis. Mario Chalmers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that game. They're I was rooting for Memphis hard. Mm-hmm. And they fumbled yeah. the bag at the end. Big time. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a minute. Everybody but Jay Wright has a lot to coach for in this tournament. Jay Wright has nothing to prove. We already know how great Jay Wright is. Exactly. Yeah. Jay Wright won like two of the last five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's he he's sad. He's good. Yeah. He's good. That's why I, that's why I'm going with Kansas. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, don't tell his team that. But Jay Wright, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the rest of the three coaches. But I mean, if if Jay Wright gets his third in such that a short insane. span, Bro, we're talking about one of the best ever. Up there. Doesn't he have yeah. three in the last decade? He has two. He has two? Yeah. He has two. Like they yeah. win every year. I don't know. I lost count. Yeah, he's got 29, no, 2018 and 2016. Is I believe. 2018? That Chris Jenkins hit that shot? Yeah. To beat, no, 2016 was Chris Jenkins, yeah. right? Again, then he won again in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. With Brunson. Yep. 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 Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, what is that? That's Three still and a lie. six years? Mm hmm. Wild. And they get to the final four elite eight every year. Yeah, that that'd be wild. That's one of the better runs, you know, other than like John Wooden. But yeah, yeah. We'll see. Absolutely wild. All right, let's pick our five games of the week really quick before we wrap up. Um I went three and two last week. So I'm forty seven and thirty eight, and I'm sure I'm still in last. Uh VJ, would you go last week? I went uh, one and four. One, one and four. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Started out zero and three on the first night. It's cool. Dion, <laughs> uh, kind of creating a little separation here. I went five and out last week. Oh, fuck this guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fifty-five and thirty. Son of a bitch. Damn. Okay. Damn. All right. Cool. We'll just call him the Boston Celtics to the five games of the week. Peaking at the hey. right time. Hey, Suddenly I'm I, looking I, unstoppable. I went so back and forth for the Jazz Celtics game. 
I shouldn't have given it to you. That should have been an L regardless of how long you delivered. <laughs> it was just a matter of who I hated the least at that point. Yeah, after what the Celtics did for you, I'm going to go full Will Smith on you if you insult <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's got to be an adjective from here on out, right? To go yeah. Will Smith on oh, somebody. Yeah, like when they make records now, like, nah, this ain't a hit. We got a Will Smith cooking in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, another Ours. one. Okay. Another one. Another one. Keep my uh, name out your mouth. Keep mouth. my name out your mouth. <laughs> yeah, there's gotta be a remix out there. Already. <laughs> there's gotta be. Somebody right, making a beat right one. now. DJ Khaled. <laughs> it's out there. I promise. I'm gonna look for it as soon as we're done. All right, game number one: Bucks at the Sixers Tuesday night. Dion, who do you like? Bucks at the Sixers. I like the Bucks. I think everybody's gonna be back by then. Brooke Lopez is kind of getting into sh- into form. And yeah, they're gonna prove why they are still the best team. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Bucks as well. Um, I have not and will not trust the Sixers again. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in the Sixers. I need, like anymore. Yeah. James Harden it's is good. very sus. Yeah, uh, VJ. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with the Bucks too. I think they just got mollywopped by a team over the weekend as well. So yeah. I, they need to get back on track here. Mm-hmm. Game number two, Heat at the Celtics. Dion, are you turning over a new leaf? No, I'm taking the Heat. Right. <laughs> Shocker, DJ. He just destroyed the, the Kings, so they're gonna roll. Um, I like I like the Celtics here. As long as they don't arrest nobody, I'm gonna roll with the Celtics. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, arresting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum tonight. Um. And Peyton Robert Reyes Williams is not there. Rotation mark, yeah. Yeah. Robert Williams injury is a tough blow. Um, I still like the Celtics at home. They're really tough at home. Um, game number three, Suns at the Warriors. And Chris Paul is back, from what I heard. Everybody's so, yeah. the Suns all day, every oh, day. Suns every day. The, yeah. the Warriors ask, just got smacked. I didn't ask you, Dion. BJ, who do you like? Get you. Um, Sunny D, Capri Sun, give me the Suns. I want. <laughs> All right, Dion. Now you may go. Yeah, I'm taking the Suns. The Warriors, okay. Warriors suck right now. So yeah, they're buns. <laughs> suns trash. Suns, I say. I'm sorry to say that, but Sun all, Suns all day. I'm not. I'll never forgive them for dominating the league the way they did. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably hate them till I die just for that. Just for ruining <laughs> basketball for like three years by just being good. Do they deserve that? No. Am I going to hate yes. them anyway? Yes. Yes. yes I am. <laughs> they held basketball hostage. All right. Bucks at the Nets Thursday night. Dion? I'm taking the Bucks again. I think they're going to get their uh, engines rolling and they're going to win uh because i need to make up ground i'm going with the nets even though i don't think they'll actually win uh vj i think i'm rolling with the bucks they body them every time they play now yeah they have no answer for one Giannis Antetokounmpo. um if i'm in last place i need to take some risks so give me the nets <laughs> and all right i like it. Win, like it i will claim that i'm rolling with them the whole time 
if they lose, I'll just say I was making a strategic move and I didn't actually believe in them. <laughs> uh, game number five, Timberwolves at the Nuggets. <sighs> this is a tough one. Timberwolves have played really well. It is. Until um, they play the Mavs. Then they don't yeah. What day is that game? Friday. Okay. I think I like the Wolves. Give me the Wolves. At the Nuggets. Nuggets have been stumbling is a strong word, but haven't been playing as well of late. And we're still waiting on their two stars to come back. So give me the Wolves. BJ? Uh, no, the Wolves let me down last week, so I'm going to cool off on them and go with the Nuggets. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, taking the Nuggets. I think Michael Porter Jr. is coming back. Not this. Not the, I think he's coming. He might be coming back that game, actually. So, might, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going with the Nuggets. I mean, Cat on Jokic is just great television. I don't care. Yeah, who you are. Absolutely. Hey, they, this matchup could like determine who's in the playing game or not because they're only two games away. Six and seven are only two games away. Big, big implications. I like it. Yeah. All right, let's go out of bounds really quick and do our totally non-basketball-related topic before we wrap up. And here's my question for you, fellas. If you were on death row, first of all, I want to know why you're there. Why are you on death row? What, what crime did you commit? And secondly, what would your final meal be? You're about to die. What, what, what's your final meal? Dion, why are you on death row, and what is your final <laughs> meal? I have no idea what I would be on death row. I don't even <laughs> – but I can tell you what I would eat. <laughs> I'll go first then because I know exactly why I'd be on death row. Go for it. I would be on death row because I saw Antonio Brown in real life, and after slandering the GOAT Tom Brady, I could not just let that pass. Okay. Like, you can have your CTE and everything, but you slander the goat, and you got to catch these hands. And when that doesn't work, probably something else. <laughs> because he'd probably whip my ass, so I would probably be upset. <laughs> details, details, not important. Um, <laughs> I can see you, you, had, you put some thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, he slandered. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. And I cannot let that pass. Um, my final meal would definitely be some ribs. Give me some ribs. Okay, give me some ribs. Okay. Give me some mac and cheese. Give me some corn on the cob. Just southern barbecue ribs. All the fixings. Fixings? All the yeah, I definitely go with some some fat ribs for my final meal. There's this place near where I went to high school in Arkansas that just is called Smoking Joe's Rib House, and it just has the mm. fattest, just juiciest ribs. Like you just pick up the bone and you flick it, all the meat comes off. It is so mm. good. <sighs> I'm salivating just thinking about it. So that <laughs> that would be my final meal. Dion, why are you on death row, and what is your final meal? All right, I'll I'll probably be on death row with something relating to Skip Bayless. Not sure what, but yeah, for going for keep going at LeBron at any time of the day. <laughs> and my final meal, world a favor, by the way. Every everybody that knows me know what my final meal would be, and that is some Cane's chicken. Give me, mm-hmm. sit me down with a hundred of those tenders 
some fries, <laughs> some cane sauce, and that bread, and <laughs> it's over. It's over. I, I don't need anything else. That's all I need. I'm not changing my final meal, but I share your passion for raisin canes. I love it. Hey, there's there's no raisin canes in Milwaukee, but where I'm going in a couple months is everywhere. Phoenix oh. is filled <laughs> with canes. There's one right by my where I'm gonna live. Bro, my brother Daniel, he's been on the pod a few times. Mm-hmm. They just put a raisin canes like two miles from his place, oh. and he sends me pictures, and I want to. Mm. <laughs> that's, the, that's why I'm on death row. He sent one too many pictures. <laughs> <of raisin> canes. <laughs> that's why I'm on death row. <laughs> Dion was taunting me for having raisin canes, and that caused me to snap. Yeah. BJ, why are you on death row? I got to think you're falsely accused, right? You had a bad lawyer. You had Dion as your lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm, a, I'm a cool dude, but yeah. uh, if I ever if I ever saw Jason Whitlock in person, <laughs> I think it would be on site. I think it's that's the worst sport. <laughs> I think it's on site, bro. I'd probably <laughs> slap him upside his head. I'd probably... Man, it gotta be something with Jason Whitlock, though. It would have to be. Way you hated goes. Jason Whitlock so much. Oh, he, he's the worst ever. Oh, he, man. He, he's worse than Skip Bayless. Or Rob <laughs> Parker. I think if I saw Rob Parker, I'd give him the whoosh, open hand <laughs> whoosh. in one motion. So it's got to be one of those. Smith, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can get the Will Smith and the Carlton from me, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, I'll be very, very specific here. Um, I'm going 22-ounce bison. Tomahawk filet that Ooh. they have this place called Charlie's with a little bit of the, I can't say this, but uh Worcestershire, aka Winchester sauce on that thing. <laughs> um mm-hmm. then I'm going double double garlic mash on the side, bacon, yes, bacon bits and cheddar. Hell yeah. Then I'm yeah. going mac and cheese on the side. Gotta I want gotta. a southern brewed sweet tea Ooh, and then a talk slice of hot apple pie. And I'm good. Ooh. See, your list is your list. I lived in the South, and I could get behind all the barbecue. I could not get behind sweet tea. <gasps> what? Yes. What the fuck is wrong with you? Some things about the South just didn't take. Like grits, what? you can take all of your grits and shove them in the trash. I will slander grits <laughs> anytime I can. Bro, you are <laughs> insane right now. Okra, okra is fine. Okra is fine. No, no, no. okra is trash. Well. But you talk to some rest... Southerner, and people are like, oh, you got to have some, you, you have some good okra. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, it's not. It is literally the most tasteless vegetable deep fried oh, oh, for some reason. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just why would you get a sweet tea when you can just get another drink? I don't I don't get it. Are you sweet insane? tea is the best thing? Bro, so- have have Becca check you for fever because you're the loser. Out right of everything I've said today, this is the hot take that I yes. don't yeah. like yes. that's the hottest take of all time. What you mean? <laughs> I wouldn't do a podcast with you if I know you didn't like sweets. Damn straight. Throw with you. I would tell Dion, hell no, I want to meet this guy. He don't like sweets. What are we doing? The slander. This is worse than LeBron slander. Yes. Hold up. That's where I draw the line. That's the last episode. I don't know if we're going to have an episode next week. I don't know if we're gonna have an episode next week. What? The pod the podcast is in peril over my dislike for CT. Unbelievable. Well, if there was nothing else ass. to drink, I'd drink it. But no, I guess it's better than that's water, not the but... mindset that you have to have with sweet tea. 
It's the best. I'm sorry, thing. I am. I'm sorry. I'm not a sweet tea yeah. guy. See, um, see, and when it comes to unsweet tea, I would literally rather have water. Unsweet oh. tea is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. Yeah. But you have and it's all it. over here. Yeah. So if you go to the store and you look, if you look too fast and you grab, you think it's sweet tea. You grab unsweetened tea. The first sip is almost like you getting shot. Or it's just like, what the is <laughs> going on right now? It's like, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what is this? It's like biting like into a chocolate chip cookie and discovering it's oatmeal raisin. Like that's terrible. That's that's yep. messed up. That's why that's I have terrible. trust issues because I've <laughs> yeah. snuck oatmeal raisin cookies in my life. I. Sorry about it, but sorry about it. Sweet not, tea, not wow. a sweet tea guy. It's probably because I like soda too much. I have an unhealthy attachment to like Mountain Dew. Like I, I just need a cold, a cold Dew. Keep sweet tea can be cold tea. too. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that so? No, I just had it warm. Tea? No wonder you don't like you. I hear drinking hot. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just drink some oatmeal like that. <laughs> oh my gosh alright <laughs> listening to this no we appreciate you are you a sweet tea person this yeah, is a controversy you that. Yeah, you're the I only totally, one stop am, am I totally out of line for saying I don't care for sweet tea I didn't yeah. even say I hated it I didn't even say it was gross I just said I didn't care for it that's the same as saying it's gross is that blasphemy let us know on social media at the Podcast. And somebody, please have my back and say you also don't care about sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> but, like I said, we appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Can you believe this guy? Man, I don't know. I don't know why this is so. I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt. <laughs> I can't even believe it. It's gonna be a new host next week. This is why <laughs> this is why these guys are gonna be on death row. They're hatching a plot right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, TC walking down the street. <laughs> but if you find me upside down in the bathtub of sweet tea. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.